Staying true to America's national destiny, the voice of the awakening. Your host, Bishop E. W. Jackson. So, so he's having them take all this stuff out of the temple and then look for Asherah. That's the, that's the female uh, counterpart to Baal that he supposedly is having intimate relations with, okay? It says, and for all the hosts of heaven, and look, and he burned them outside Jerusalem in the fields of Kidron and carried their ashes to Bethel. In other words, he made a show of it. He didn't play around. Why is it that we Christians today in the face of idolatry are so mealy mouthed and so weak need and so apologetic? This young boy, this, and this was a young boy, he said, I want you to take that mess out and I want you to burn it in front of everybody. I want everybody to see it burning. Glory to God. And we're, we're afraid we might say something that might offend somebody. They, they, they need to be offended. God is offended by the garbage that they're doing. Amen. Amen. And maybe by getting offended, maybe their hearts will get pricked ultimately. Praise God. And then in 2 Kings chapter 23, same chapter, but verse 7, it says, then he tore down the ritual booths of the perverted persons. Now that word perverted is the Hebrew word kades. It means male temple prostitutes. These were the homosexuals who prostituted themselves inside the temple. It says then he tore down the ritual booth. See the ritual. The ritual was you go in and you have sex with one of these male prostitutes as part of the ritual now of worshiping Baal in the temple of God. It says he tore down the ritual booths of the perverted persons that were in the house of the Lord where the women wove hangings for the wooden image. In other words, they, they decorated them, made them look beautiful. And it was just disgusting, deep depravity happening in the house of God. So this, this Baal and, and Asherah, these gods of fertility were supposed to now give them good children, healthy children, and give them uh, fertile flocks and, you know, I mean, make, make, make their lands fertile and make the, make the crops grow. Uh, lies out of the pit of hell. And if none of that worked, then they would burn up a child before Molech. Wow. In 2 Kings 23, verse 10, it says, and he, meaning Josiah, defiled Topheth, which is in the valley of the son of Hinnom, that no man might make his son or daughter pass through the fire to Molech. He outlawed that mess. Glory to God. Now look, that was the situation when Elijah confronted Ahab. And by the way, by the way, man, you realize Ahab was henpecked. I mean, he's just, so, just one of these weak need men. I said, you know, they're trying to feminize America. And, 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 and sisters, no, no reflection on you because you godly women understand that a man is supposed to be a man, a woman is supposed to be a woman, and God loves, doesn't love men more than he loves women. It's just that God designed us differently for different roles uh, in, in, in our lives and within marriage and, and within the home and so forth. And, and we're, we're, that stuff is hardwired into us. Amen? You know, there have been studies that show that even when the mother is the primary discipline in the home, now, of course, you can always point to an exception, but this is a general statistical fact. Even where the woman is the primary disciplinarian in the home, 
if it's a two-parent family, the children are more concerned about their father's view on things. It's, it's just the, God hardwired that authority into men. And when men abdicate, this is what happens. You all, you all remember Ahab. Ahab wanted Naboth's vineyard. Naboth, Naboth lived right near the palace. And he saw the vineyard. He liked it. He said he wanted to go garden there. He, you know, he had all this, these ideas about what he did. So he went to Naboth and said, hey, Naboth, let me have your vineyard. He said, and I will give you one because, of course, the king had control over everything. He said, I'll, I'll give you one that's even better than the one you have. Or if you don't want that, I'll, I'll, I'll buy it for you for whatever price you want. And, of course, the king had the wealth to do it. And Naboth said, I'm not selling you my, my inheritance for my children and, and the legacy of my fathers. I'm not selling that to you. And he told the king, no. Well, you know what, Naboth, I mean, you know what Ahab did. Man, I mean, Ahab is the king. Ahab went home, got into bed, and mourned. And he, 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 he lost his appetite. He couldn't eat. And Jezebel came in and said, what's wrong? He said, I asked Naboth to sell me his vineyard, and he wouldn't do it, and he won't let me have it. Jezebel said, you're the king. I'll get it. So she set Naboth up and had him killed and took it. And I can just see Ahab with his little wimpy self after she had killed Naboth, took the vineyard. He, oh, it's mine. Thank you, honey. <sighs> Come on, man. We, you know, th this, is, th this is part of what's going on in our culture today. You know, I noticed, because, you know, you see the ads and you see the promotions. You know, I don't watch a lot of this junk. I, 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 I love action movies. I mean, just me. I, you know, you... I heard terrible um, reviews of Midway, this new movie about, about the Battle of Midway. Oh, yeah, terrible. Oh, it's not this, it's not. Man, I love that movie. I, man, <laughs> I, I watched that movie, watched some guys diving toward those ships. I was like, yeah, go! You know? But you know what I've noticed? That all the superheroes and all the action heroes are women now. And that's not by accident. You know, in 1960, 39% of the graduates from college, I think it's 1960, don't hold me to that exact, that exact date, but around that time, were women, and the other 61% were men. It's now reversed. Where less than 40% of the people going to college today are men. Women, generally speaking, are out-earning men. Uh, which, it, which makes it difficult because women often look for a man who they think will be able to, quote, unquote, take care of them when they're having children and so on and so forth. And very often, it is the woman who is the breadwinner. See, I don't think this stuff is by accident. And look, I don't think it's, it's, it's just politics or anything. It's, it's the devil. Because the devil always wants to subvert God's order. Amen? Amen. Amen. So we're faced with the same issues today. Exactly the same issues today. I don't know whether you all have seen this. And this ought to tell Christians who keep voting for these Democrats. It ought to tell them something. Planned Parenthood, uh, and of course they deny this, but I think it's documented, it's impossible for them to deny. The Satanic Temple now 
has decided that they're going to file am amicus curiae briefs, which means friend of the court briefs, in behalf of Planned Parenthood, claiming that abortion is part of their religious ceremony. And that when you limit abortion, you are interfering with their First Amendment right to religious freedom. It's happening. You check it out. It's, it's actually happening. And it's happened in more than one place. The Satanic Temple is claiming that the abortion of a baby is part of their Satanic ritual. And, and here again, you know, I, I, I say if, if you can't figure anything else out, if you're standing in battle and you see a Satanist beside you on one hand and abortionist beside you on, other, on the other, and you're a Christian, you ought to at least ask, could I be in the wrong place? If I'm voting for the people who are supported by both of these, maybe I'm not voting the right way. You know, just as a common sense matter. Yeah, so, so, so Satanists have now gotten fully involved in the abortion thing, claiming that it should be protected because it's part of their religious ritual. And of course, Planned Parenthood loves that because it's just one more defense that they can offer. And in fact, they have, I've seen this has been scrubbed. I found it. I, I was trying to see if I saved it somewhere, but this has been scrubbed from most of the internet now. But they were actually calling the satanic temple to the abortion clinics in a couple of instances to comfort women who were having abortions so that they would be affirmed in their decision using the satanic temple. I, I think that kind of settles where this whole abortion industry comes from, doesn't it? Because, you know, Jesus said when they accused him of casting out devils by the power of the devil, Jesus said, if Satan casts out Satan, how will his kingdom stand? He said, even Satan's got better sense than that. So you don't, you don't think that the devil, do you, is siding with abortion by mistake. He's siding with abortion because he loves it. And he's gotten a whole lot of Christians to agree. In fact, there's even a group, a group called um, Pro-Life Evangelists for Biden. What? That's like saying pro-righteous Christians for Satan. And I'm not saying Biden is Satan. I'm not saying that. But you, but you get the analogy. I mean, you think, well, wait a how do those two fit together? Because he has bought into this idea that there should be no limits, restrictions whatsoever, including, by the way, including if a woman goes in to have an abortion and the, the, the child is inadvertently born alive because it's a late-term abortion, and the child comes out of the womb alive, that you can let the child die because it was the intention of the mother and the doctor for the child to be dead. Barack Obama supported that position, still does. Joe Biden supports that position, and a whole bunch of others support that position. And that's, you can't even argue that that's not infanticide. That's infanticide. I mean, it all is, but, but that, then you can't, now the baby's outside the womb alive, and how can you now say, well, but now, now wait a minute, it's not alive. You can't make any of those arguments. I don't know whether you all caught this, but 
there was a candidate for uh, a state Senate seat, I think in Missouri, uh, don't hold me to that exact state, but she, she caught something on Twitter uh, by this guy who basically responded to the argument, look, we don't want men using female restrooms on the, under the guise that they're really a woman on the inside because you're opening the door to predators. I mean, we don't want it happening, period, but, but a predator could walk up and say, well, what, what are you doing going in there? Oh, I'm a, I'm a woman. With the beard and the... You don't look like... Well, but on the inside... I, so, so basically, this HR5 would say, you would be guilty of a civil infraction if you tried to stop somebody from doing that. And that everything that's not secular would be required to open its... Men, biological men, would have a right to play on women's teams if they claim to be a woman. And you could not stop them. If you stopped them, you'd be sued. That's what HR 5, that's what the Democrats are pushing HR 5 to, to, to put all of that in place. Well, this guy's a transgender, and he was responding to these arguments that this is unsafe for young girls. And I won't give you the exact quote of the way he responded, it's not important. But basically, what he said was, you all are all concerned about young girls. <laughs> you don't need to be because they're looking for it. Yeah, that's basically what he said. That's basically what he said. Well, this state senator, uh, state uh, candidate for state senate, had a one-word response to that tweet. And the one-word response was demonic. And do you know Twitter suspended her permanently? He's still on. And she's off. You, you see the, the, the similarities between what we're dealing with and what Elijah was dealing with? And where now you've got, you've got the church, people claiming to be Christians and claiming. You've got ministers that go and dedicate abortion clinics. I guess the next thing they would do to show how ecumenical they are is go with the satanic temple and dedicate it together. I mean, you, you, you see... This is what we're faced with today. This is the depravity of our time. Now, by the way, it's worse now than it was in Elijah's day because the ability to propagate this stuff is so much greater. The depravity of human beings is now being promoted in a sense because at least Elijah would say, was able to say, now wait a minute, how long do you halt between two opinions or vacillate between two opinions? If God is God, serve him. And if Baal is God, serve him. Now you're told you can't say that. That's discriminatory. Shut up. You're a bigot and a hater. So in one sense, it's even worse. Because the ability to promote this stuff and the willingness of institutions to shut you down if you don't go along, is so much greater than it was in Elijah's day. I mean, Elijah took him up on Mount Carmel and confronted them there, and he didn't need any internet. It was, okay, let's see. Let's see, <laughs> let's see who's got the power, and let's see who's got the real influence. Amen? Yes. Amen. So what did Elijah do? Well, here's number thing, and this is what we learned from this. Number one, we need to pray. We need to pray. But I'm going to give you a, a spin on this 
praying that is different than perhaps what you've heard before, what you've even heard me say before, but it's something that the Lord laid on my heart. In 1 Kings 18 verses 36 and 37, it says, and it came to pass at the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice that Elijah the prophet came near and said, Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known this day that you are God in Israel and I am your servant and I have done all these things at your word. Doesn't that sound a lot like Jesus standing outside of Lazarus temple and saying, Father, I know that you always hear me. I said, this, you ought to know some things. He said, but for those who are standing around, I'm saying this so they will know that you sent me. And Elijah's saying the same thing. Amen. See, you know, sometimes we Christians don't get the kinds of results we're looking for because we won't take a bold stand. And we've got to learn to take a bold stand. Amen. Listen, don't be concerned about your reputation because if God is for you, who can be against you? And I got news for you. You certainly don't need to be concerned about God's reputation. He can defend it. Amen. He can defend his own. Amen. <laughs> Amen. You don't need to be worried about, well, what will they think of God if, I, if it doesn't go right? I, you know, people have heard me say, I don't have COVID. I'm not going to get COVID. I'm not going to give it to anybody else. And then when I got it, they said, see, 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 we told you, you can't trust God. And then I said, well, I'll tell you what. I, okay. I said I wasn't going to get it. I got it. But it's not God's fault. And they said, here he goes again. Here you still believing this God. In other words, I, I could care less what they think of me. Because you, I've said, I'm not perfect. I don't have perfect faith. Jesus walked the earth in perfect faith. I don't. But I'll tell you what, I'm not ashamed or afraid to stand up for God and to boldly proclaim what I believe God has in mind. And look, and when things don't work out, guess who's to blame? Well, it's never God. It's never God. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. And I'll tell you something. I'd rather die standing on the word of God than protect myself. Say, well, I'm not going to say that because it might not work out. Glory to God. I said, if they kill me, it's a promotion. Now, what are you going to do with somebody like that? Amen. You take my life, I'm going to be flying with a great big old smile with Jesus. And then you're liable to magnify everything I stood for. Then you get everybody talking about you. You know, you know that Bishop Jackson, they killed him. But you know what he said? What are you going to do then? Glory to God. Lord, I'm not prophesying over my, but you all understand what I'm getting at here. Amen. Amen. So he says, hear me, O Lord. Pray now. Hear me that this people may know. See, Elijah said, I know but that this people may know that you are the Lord God and that you have turned their hearts back to you again. In other words, he's saying, Lord, I know what you're doing. Let them know what you're doing. And this is, this is the little spin I want to make on when we pray for revival and we pray for God, for the outpouring of God's spirit. You know, we need to be praying for, we need to be praying for people with the boldness of Elijah to declare some things. See, there's not enough of us. There's not enough of Pastor Marlins. There's not enough of E.W. Jackson's. There's not enough of us. We need, Lord, raise up more people who will boldly and unapologetically proclaim the truth of the word of God. Amen. We need people from every background, from every ethnicity to stand up flat footed and say, this is the word of the Lord. Hallelujah. 
Glory to God. This nation will be unified when we get, and, and I, I believe with all my heart is coming, when we get these preachers to, when we get black preachers, for example, particularly, to stop pro preaching race and start preaching righteousness. And to start preaching unity in the body of Christ instead of talking about us folks as if us folks are different than all other folks. No, the Bible says we are one spirit in Christ. We are one with him, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God who is in all and over all and through all. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. We need to be praying, God, give us bold prophets who are willing to, to flat-footed declare what Thus saith the Lord. And, and to say just what you always hear me say, America does not have a race problem. America has a sin problem. And it's the problem of the whole world. And the only difference between us and the rest of the world is that at least America had the good sense by our founding fathers to say, we hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal and endowed by our creator with certain inalienable rights that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And you got idiots going, we don't need to listen to the founding fathers because they were slaveholders. And you want to say, well, Dummy, don't you see that God was using them to create something that protects us all, no matter what their flaws might have been at that time? Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. Amen. And realize that they, they, they gave every single one of us the very protection that people would discard because they weren't perfect. And all, and all these folks saying that, I sure would like to examine their lives. I sure would like to find out just how perfect they are. We're finding it out with all of these sexual scandals arising. Amen. You all heard that the, the Andrew Cuomo. Oh, oh man, he he helped pass the law against sexual uh, 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 abuse and and uh, and sexual assault and harassment of women, and he pontificated and he talked about it and said, you know, this is what we have to do. You know, stood on his high horse and proclaimed to the world, everybody ought to be like me. And now he's got seven women saying he either harassed them or or actually sexually assaulted them by touching them in an inappropriate way. And they're giving, and they gave him an Emmy. Wrote, gave him, gave him, I think a, a million dollars or close to it in an advance on his book. I heard, yeah, he's already sold 300. <laughs> and yet, and yet, this is the same guy trying to be woke when the former president would say, let's make America great again. He said, huh, it was never that great. And you know, you would look at him and say, and your family probably came over here as poor as they could be, and you and your family have done exceedingly well here, and yet you denigrate the nation that allowed you to have the opportunities you would not have had back in the, their home country. And the same is true for every single one of us. Do you realize, I just, I just heard this, I mean, I'd heard something akin to it, but do you realize, I think it's Guatemala, if I'm not mistaken. It might be Honduras, but I'm pretty sure it's Guatemala, but it's probably true across the board. 
35% of their gross national product comes from people who come to America and work and send their money back home. You know, I'm waiting for these leftists who think America is such a terrible place to go to the border and say, don't come here. It's a terrible place. Or the answer, well, if, so, if it's that bad, how come so many people want to come? I know we're not a perfect country. I know that. But you know what? Instead of me saying we're not a perfect country because I just like to remind us, make, bring it right home. We're not a perfect country because I'm here. And you're here. And none of us is perfect. Amen? Amen. Amen. But I'll tell you what, other than heaven, I don't know any place I'd rather be. Glory to God. Or at the very least, I mean, you could say, well, wouldn't, wouldn't you like to Spend your days, the remaining days in, 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 in Tahiti or no. But I tell you what, if people got money and they want to go off on an island somewhere, but God bless them, they, they can do that. But if you're talking about raising a family, earning a living, building a business, uh, getting an education, there's no better place on earth Amen. for anybody to do that. Amen. And that's the message that needs to be gotten out to all of these woke folks who are busy trying to put everybody else to sleep. Amen? Amen. 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 So we got to pray for God to, to, to raise up prophets and then for greater receptivity on the hearts of the people. Colossians 4 verses 2 through 4 says, continue earnestly in prayer, being vigilant in it with thanksgiving. Meanwhile, praying also for us that God would open to us a door for the word. And see, I don't believe Paul is in prison at the time he's writing this. I don't believe he's talking about another place to preach. I think he's talking about opening up the hearts of people, creating a door for people whose hearts to be open. Because he's still preaching from prison. Said to speak the mystery of Christ, for which I am also in chains, that I may make it manifest as I ought to speak. He's saying, Lord, open, open doors for us to get the word out, for people to get hold of the mystery of God to understand who Christ is and what he's done. And, and as we pray, we ought to be praying, Lord, open doors for the gospel. Let me tell you something, I, and I don't want to get ahead of myself, but you know, I believe in God to open a door in Hollywood like never before, to open a door in the, in the corporate world like never before, to open a door in the entertainment industry, to open a door in the media, amen? So that these folks who think they're so smart and think they know better than God will awaken to the fact of how stupid they really are without God, that God is always right and we, when we disagree with him, are always wrong. Amen? Amen. Amen. And the Bible says he opens doors and no one can close them. We got to pray, Lord, open doors. Open doors for us, for the gospel of Jesus Christ. You know, we live in a country where you've got more preaching and teaching available through radio and social media and television than, again, pretty much anywhere else in the world. And by the way, in the rest of the world where you have Christian radio, TV, and ministry available, guess where it's mostly coming from? Right here. Right here. No nation that's ever existed has put the gospel of Jesus Christ out more than the United States of America. None. But now we're in a situation where you got Africans trying to come here as missionaries. Say, so, because Americans now need to be saved too. 
I'm saying, no, no, seriously, there are people who are actually coming to our country as missionaries saying, we got to get the gospel out to these Americans before they go bad. I mean, before it just, go, it just all goes to hell. And in our history, it's always been us. Have we done that perfectly? Of course not. We haven't because we're talking about human beings and human institutions. But I'll tell you one thing. You look around the world where the gospel has penetrated, and this is the place normally from which it came. Amen.